Welcome. Now Welcome chat can hear and hear what Hi, you're chat. saying. Hey, everybody. We're just going to do a roundtable today on SG-1. That's it. There you the go. No Star's Adventures, just SG-1. Apophis Hi, everybody. was the best villain. Oh, my Lord. Oh, Hi, God. everybody. Welcome. This is Star Trek Congo, <laughs> Season 2, Episode 8. I'm ELH, the Game Master, and I only really have two quick announcements before we get into play. The first is that I am actually recruiting for another Star Trek Adventures game, the Kasumi game. That is going to be either Thursdays or Fridays. Uh, if you're interested in applying for that, check out my Twitter or come on the Discord and check out the LFG channel. I'm also looking to spin up a, a Tiamat Dragonborn Evil Party campaign of D&D. Uh, that's going to be at a Euro and or C-friendly time on Saturdays. So again, if that interests you, Twitter or Discord, you can find the links there. Uh, other thing I got to say real quick is uh, did just recently put out a novella with the thanks of a certain uh, Lovecraft figure over there. Uh, would recommend checking it out. Uh, there is going to be a promotion uh, during July 4th for the, f I think it's through the 4th through the 9th, where it is going to be available for free. Um, and I already put it at the lowest possible cost. I could put it on Amazon, so I'd appreciate it if you checked it out and or um, gave it a review. And uh, that would help tremendously. But uh, with that said, uh, let's go around and have everyone introduce themselves, starting with uh, Mr. Matthew. Hello, everyone. My name is Matthew. I play Captain Lee Tobin, a, I have to get it in there, an intensely religious Bajoran on his first command. Uh, John, Jaro, hot, Seattle. Thanks. <laughs> um, Aaron, Canadian, Commander Dottig, Tellerite, belligerent. Mm. Watney, Doctor, Allow, Kenobian, <laughs> uh, Personable. <laughs> You're muted, Dag, as is tradition. No, I'm not. I'm not even saying anything. I'm going with fives, and that's my final answer. Show survey me, says. Mr. Fives. Ooh, survey says, uh, yeah, that's. It's not going to be fives. Exborg augment tactical. Um, ambivalent. Ambivalent. There you go. SAT word for the day. All right, with that, we're going to go ahead and dive into play. And I believe, Mr. Dottig, you have the opening log today, so take it away. Thank you. First officer's log, stardate 94865.2. The Congo sensors have detected a region of space notable for an abundance of beta tachyons. While natural tachyons are rare and often encountered in small qualities, the or quantities... <laughs> The beta allotrope is far more rare. Should they prove to be naturally occurring, this will be another first in the Congo's mission of discovery, though I suspect we'll find an artificial wellspring from which they flow. Our new resident, Eta, is proving to be a force of absolute chaos. She possesses the combined knowledge of the Congo's scientific and cultural databases and a great deal of latent intelligence. However, she has none of the wisdom, decorum, tact, or restraint that comes with the decades of social interaction the rest of us take for granted. She repeatedly insults me for no other reason than because Tellarites. And sometimes I wonder if she absorbed the cultural database or merely read the introduction, and not very well at that. 
Nonetheless, she's formed a bond with Lieutenant Fives, perhaps on the basis of their former servitude to powers indifferent to their personal autonomy. I'll have to ask him about that. Meanwhile, Captain Lee, Lieutenant Fives, and myself have begun a sort of cultural exchange of our own. The captain's interest in philosophy and his clear mental inferiority to his wife has prompted me to bridge that nigh-insurmountable gap by introducing him to Jilok Bev's seminal philosophical works on argumentative life affirmation. It is truly a testament to the healing powers of obstinacy and a hostile disposition. Captain Lee, in turn, has provided Mr. Fives with a published collection of Captain Benjamin Sisko's letters to the Vedic Assembly. They paint a candid picture of the man the Bajorans call emissary, and I suspect I understand the reasoning behind that selection. In the meantime, Fives has gifted me with a child's picture book. Though I admit I'm intrigued to see if this uh, arachnoid human in oddly colored undergarments can beat this uh, belligerent six or whatever they're called. But as these relationships advance, there is a notable absence. Dr. Alel. I've rarely seen her outside the course of our mutual duties for almost three weeks now, and I wonder sometimes if there is something amiss. I've thought at times about approaching her as the XO, but that seemed too impersonal. Then I thought about approaching her as a friend, but then that seemed too personal. There must be some middle ground. I miss her talks. End log. Very nice, and you may have momentum for making me break character during that opening log. So we're actually going to start on the bridge, and to set the scene here, uh, currently Jaro and Dantig, you all are currently on duty. Uh, Ensign Print is there as well, and Ensign Rowan, uh, either Alel or Fives, if you guys want to take it. Otherwise, I'll take Rowan. But uh, you all are currently searching for the source of all these beta tachyons, and you just haven't found a really kind of a rhyme or reason to them, but for there to be so many, there has to be something out here, right? Mr. Jaro, can we recalibrate the lateral sensor array to scan for antiprotons? Maybe the tachyons are a byproduct of something and not indicative on their own. Yeah, sure, because that's going to work the third time we've done it. Okay. You know full well that this is the first time I've asked you that. I'd appreciate it if you stopped being such a smart mouth <laughs> on the bridge. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll take care of it. Still, as jokes go, I give that a um, B double plus A double minus. Oh, well, thank you. Coming from you, that means absolutely nothing. As it should. <laughs> And Rowan kind of leans over to Ensign Prin. Um, did is is it just me or is the commander in like a really really good mood? He never really responds to jokes before now. I I think it's actually the opposite. This this is bizarre behavior on his part. He seems incredibly distressed. I mean, when he's happy, he's arguing. Are, you think it's Ida? You you think it's because of Ida? I don't know. I don't really pay attention to other people very much because they're of lesser importance than I am. But I mean. It's just odd. And Rowan kind of motions at uh, her upper lip. You, you got a little something just right here, right here. I'm going to take that as some form of setup for a joke. 
So instead of moving to touch it, I'm going to go look at my reflection in this panel over here. And he will try to make the uh, the panel reflective and look down and see if there's anything on his face. There is. It's your own hubris. doesn't even make any sense. Hubris is not a, a, a tangible object that can be expressed on one's face. I mean, <sighs> Speaking of Anton Rowan, hmm. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to thank you for broadcasting my acceptance of my promotion to the rest of the crew without my permission or consent or uh, I don't know what you're talking about, so. sir. La 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 la. Can't hear you. Having difficulties hearing you. Going through a tunnel. <laughs> Breaking um, up. Mr. Jaro, do we have any plasma conduits that need scrubbing by hand, preferably? Um, actually, we are um, full up. We're we're fine. Um, we were able to do that with all of the uh, all the maintenance work we've been doing re recently. So sorry. Oh, not at all. But Anthony. I, but I think that um, the the doctor probably has quite a few uh, bio specimens that she needs sorted. Uh, if I may, Commander, I don't believe that would be really wise, considering the number of experiments that she has going on there. We don't want to release any. I don't know, Borgorn. Who knows what she has down there? Well, Mister Brin. This may come as some surprise to you, but I. That wasn't a serious suggestion on the part of Mr. Jaro. That was another joke. Pretty good one. Are you feeling all right, Commander? I ask only because I'm concerned for my own safety, as you are currently in command of the ship, and I don't want you to imperil my life. Mr. Prynne, it is the duty of a Starfleet officer to sometimes in service of a mission lay down their lives. That does not inspire me with confidence, sir. Um, your confidence is not required, only your obedience. This is, this is not hey, a, there he is. a Cardassian ship, you know, which is really a rather odd thing for me to say, because it would be a vastly superior if it was, I'm sure. Well, I can I can only imagine that were this a Cardassian ship, you would have already been put up against the wall and shot. And I think Rowan just fair. shows her Type 1 phaser. <laughs> just say the word, Commander. I'll do it. I'll do it, Commander. You know, you're as incompetent a security officer as you are a helmswoman, so I don't think I have very much to worry about there. Commander, what's our policy on dueling? Um, well, I believe the captain has a standing order that, um, you know, we can't even have food and drink on the bridge, so I don't know how I would feel about, um, you know, a, a fight. If you'd like, I can schedule you two some time in the, uh, in the holodeck and a, you know, in a uh, fighting ring to work this out. Yes, yes, I am completely okay with this. Let's put Latinum down, yes. Frankly, I would prefer a flight simulator because that would be the position that I would be assuming once I demonstrated my superiority over you. But Oh, I wasn't aware that chickens could fly. You know, Cardassians don't have anything remotely resembling galliforms in their evolutionary history, so I think that's just poor medical knowledge on your part. 
Sounds like a whole lot of clucking, and Ensign Rowan begins making a very good impersonation of a chicken. I find that to be incredibly racist against score. Oh, no, no. Scores sound a little bit higher pitched. It's you who's being culturally unsensitive. Mm -hmm. That's true. At this point, Jaro, I just imagine you just like hating your life at this moment. But if you can give me a reason in engineering to adjust the sensors, as we alluded to earlier, difficulty of one. Sure thing. Sorry. It is so hot. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, and this is just a standing thing. If at any point any of you feel like you got to get out of uniform because it's too hot, just let me know and we'll figure out a way to kill your camera while you're gone. Didn't know it was that kind of stream. Okay. Not going to comment. There you go. Two successes. Had to kill a Star Trek session in 10 seconds. Exactly. All right. So that is going to give you momentum back and Jaro you actually are seeing something a little bit odd when you adjust the sensors. It's almost like I'm going to use a science concept here. And if it goes over your head, let me know and I'll try to bring it further down. But basically in physics, there's a concept of the Maxwell's demon. And basically the premise of it is, is that there's two parts of a room And in order to move hot particles or excited particles from one part of the room to another, there's a demon that opens and closes the door very quickly. And the gist of where this is going is the act of moving particles from point A to point B violates thermodynamics. Now, the reason I tell you that is because there's a similar phenomenon here where it's almost like someone is opening a cosmic door to let out these beta tachyons and then closing it before anything else can come out of it, if that makes any sense. Okay. Uh, So, Commander, it appears that, well, the particles are coming out of a one-way doggy door. So, I mean, the doggy door, yes. It's an apt metaphor, although a little imprecise. I mean, what are we talking about here, Lieutenant? Is this a particle fountain? Is it a white hole? I think we're going to have to move in a little bit, a little bit closer. Can you give me a gravitational reading? Are we going to be able to move at impulse or thrusters normally? Is there any danger to the ship or the crew? I mean, I know beta tachyons are harmless, but... Well, um, you know, uh, I, would, I would actually suggest we lower shields as we get closer. But that's a completely different story. For what reason? Uh, just the uh, the way that the uh, the way that the particles interact with the uh, shielding systems. Uh, you're referring, of course, to the Beta Tachyon's ability to bolster Federation shields. Correct. Under the proper circumstances, of course. Very well. Um, lower shields uh, ahead. Slow. One quarter impulse. Uh, if, quarter impulse, aye. 
And I'll keep an eye on the, uh, I'll keep an eye on everything to make sure that, you know, we're not in any sort of danger. Excellent. Mr. Prin, I was about to say, Commander, is it really wise to lower our shields? I mean, it takes, as you said, a very specific calibration of anti-proton beams projected from the ship in the proper sequence to affect that um, modulation to the shields. Is there really a danger of that occurring? Well, Mr. Jaro, what's your estimate of the likelihood that that would happen? Hey, uh, you know, your call, just my suggestion. He's just going to take a look at Prin. Say, well, Ensign, are we in danger from an external force that would necessitate our shields, in your opinion? Not that I could tell, no. Very good. Um, Mr. Jaro, proceed as we've outlined. Thank you, though, for your suggestion, Mr. Prin. And if you could monitor the region of space around the ship to ensure that we're not uh, taken by surprise. Well, barring the appearance of a cloaked vessel, that probably won't happen. Um, GM, as mm -hmm. I'm looking at the sensor readings, is there any kind of periodicity to the appearance of these um, beta tachyon particles? In other words, is there some kind of determinable pattern to right. when they begin to emerge? I tell you what, if you can succeed on an insight in science, assisted by the ship's computers in science, at a difficulty of four, I will reveal that information. Oh, wow. Um, would this count as an activation for Prim? It would. Okay. I feel like I should give him a value, something about Cardassians being superior in all respects. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> I don't know how to phrase that. I have the ship. I'm going to say uh, the value driven to assert his superiority. Okay. I will tap that to get two free successes. Okay. And I guess I'll roll. Uh, and Datek should really be the one doing this. Uh, but I'll roll three dice, so I'll give you two momentum. All righty, noted. So science In and insight. before complication. Oh, and as you're rolling, Colonial Foot Soldier, thank you for this, the prime sub. Thank you, thank you. Hey. And that is uh, five successes overall, so you actually get a momentum back. Actually, Prin, there is. I mean, it takes a little bit for the computer to sort of chunk through the data, but you have a rough heading of where these particles are coming from, like a source. Commander, I've been able to discern a, a kind of pattern to the appearance of these uh, beta tachyon wells. Uh, I think I might be able to chart a course, given my obvious superiority as a helmsman and navigator, uh, to the potential location from whence they are emerging. By all means. And... Prin will rise from his console, fully aware that consoles could be modified to take on different functions, mm. and walk over to Ensign Rowan's console. May I? Kind of looks up at you. What? Why are you? You you have a perfectly good station over there. 
Yes, but it's, I mean, there's a certain order to things. Cardassians respect that, as you should know. And that is officially designated as the Helmsman console. So it is only appropriate for me to set course using the Helmsman's console. He's, he's trying to make a point, uh, Anson. Uh, I get it. I get it. And I think she is just going to awkwardly stare at you. And that's where we're going to change scenes because I want to leave it ambiguous whether or not Rowan gets up from her chair. But we're now going to go down to Sick Bay where Alelan Fives, you all are discussing Fives, well, well-being ever since the whole cortical node situation. And I'm going to let you two go at it. Uh, Alel is likely standing in front of him while he's sitting on a bio bed, would you say? Mm-hmm. Um, she reaches over to like a tray of sorts and pulls a uh, neurocortical monitor out. Do you mind if I? Oh yeah, 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 go ahead. Thank you. And she'll like place it on his neck then kind of click it on. Yeah, so like I said, like the last two days I've been feeling a little bit of, um, I don't know, not, not, it's not really painful, but it's a pressure back there. And um, I'm a little worried. So yeah, just, just want to make sure that uh, hmm. everything's okay in there. It could be that the uh, medication is, your dose is too high. Um, after all, we're trying to wean you off of your suppressants. Um, that is a side effect of that. So, Well, that's actually good news then. Yeah, it means we can lower your dose. Hey, that's awesome. That's 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 like more freedom from the control of the nanites. Yes, we wouldn't want that in sick bay. I, yeah, <clears throat> definitely not here. Got all those experiments. Who knows what that could do? How are you feeling otherwise? Uh, mostly fine. Um, I really want to thank you for acting quickly, um, relocating my shoulder after that fight at DSO. Oh, (laughs) yes. That, um, yeah, no, everything's good there. Rotator cuff, everything, but I didn't get a chance to thank you. Well, you know, I really should probably get back to that occasion couple about that, uh, Latinum bar. Wait, did you bet on that? I wasn't the only one. Wait, who? I mean, he just got a promotion, so maybe I shouldn't. It's fine. Uh, how's your shoulder feeling now, though? No, no, it's normal? great. It's great. There's a uh, biradial clamp in there that uh, when you realigned it, everything just fit back together like a like a puzzle piece. What about well, you? Uh, How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm just mostly keeping to my work. Yeah, I noticed. You uh, you haven't been in the mess hall for a while. You sure you're okay? 
I mean, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, but maybe there's a reason we have doctors for doctors. I don't know. Right. And I feel like it would be better for the ship if I just stayed in sick bay. I really want to pry, but I'll respect that. It, but I'm going to be thinking about that. Well, I don't believe my professional opinion is trustworthy to the bridge crew. Wait, why? What happened? Well, in Ida's case, we it was at first concerning to me that the team on site was so willing to jump to the destruction of that pod. And my professional opinion was fairly discarded, it would say in that moment. But then I thought about it and after the accidents that have been noted by the captain and my safety protocols and sick bay i perhaps that he just doesn't trust me i trust you and i don't think captain lee is one to completely dismiss the entirety of of someone's experience just based on a on one decision we all throw our ideas out to, to Captain Lee and, and he just picks picks the one that he wants to go with. I can, if I see it, if I try and what's the phrase, um, step into his shoes? Yeah. If I do that, I can understand his trepidation of my word after the pattern of my behavior. And I'm not expecting a solution. I simply must think on it more. No. Yeah, I went right into fixing there, didn't I? I'm sorry. Yeah, but if you need to vent, let's vent. We go to the holodeck and you can dislocate my shoulder again if you want to. Like Ember did? Yeah, like Ember did. Because I find it funny, I'm spending two threat that uh, Ensign Rowan calls. Uh, Ensign Rowan to Lieutenant Fives. Uh, Fives, go ahead. So uh, now that I'm sitting at the communication station, I'm noticing that there's three subspace messages from Master Chief Ember directed towards you. Do you want me to send them to you directly, your quarters? Cue them up in my, my quarters channel, please. I, Thanks. I'm not going to pry, but um, what the hell are you sending back and forth? That's a lot of data. Oh, we're just, uh, we are, we are planning our rematch. Oh, I'll put a bar of latinum on you. Thanks. You have a bar of latinum? Uh, six, actually. Wow. What are you doing? Un I will catch up with you later. Um, five's out. Uh as your doctor, Fives, I can't m medically allow you to rematch Ember. 
actually, it's not a rematch. I mean, we're, we're going to hang out, but we're not going to fight. Oh. But I got, ever since then, I have like this reputation I need to uphold. I guess I'm, I'm working on mine. Hmm. Well, you're all good in my book, Doc. And I'm a bridge officer, so that comes with some oomph. Thank you. And um, please don't tell anyone, not to sound like a juvenile, but I wasn't planning on talking about this with you. Cross my third power cell, hope to die. Thank you. Uh, looks like your scan's finished here. Let's see. Hmm. Yep, coming back normal. I'll reduce your dose this time. And when you come back next week, we'll keep that progress going. Awesome. Thanks, Doc. You're the best. Chief. And with that, I think we're going to actually postpone the Captain Lee scene with Ida because I think we're actually pushing towards a solution quicker than I thought. So let's actually go back to the bridge. So back on the bridge, Rowan actually has moved stations, much to um, her annoyance. But uh, at this point, Mr. Jaro and Mr. Dottig especially, um, you're noticing that you're approaching an object. Now, this object is about the size of Earth's moon. And for all intents and purposes, you're looking at maybe a rogue planet, if that makes any sense. Mr. Brin, um, full stop, please. Of course, sir. And uh, Dottie is going to hit his combat. Yeah. Senior officers to the bridge. And now we get to have Matthew talk to himself as Captain Lee leaves the ready room. Report, Commander. Captain, um, we've located an object inside the Beta Tachyon field. Approximate density and mass show it to be comparable to Luna. That's massive. How were we not able to pick it up on initial sensor scans of this region of space? <sighs> Mr. Jaro? Well, I'm not exactly sure why we couldn't see it, uh, but I will be having a full diagnostics run on the, uh, on the array. Uh, but I believe that the uh, the particles themselves kind of masks mask the mass of uh, of the planet or whatever it is. And I think Rowan if turns and says, uh, "Oh, sorry, Commander. Um, yeah. I was just going to very quickly add that if it is a rogue planet, it's pretty much a cold object in space. It's really hard to sometimes pick it out from the well surrounding radiation." It's true. And also, if the beta tachyons are present in some of the upper subspace domains, it could have obscured it from our sensors, a sort of uh, poor man's cloaking device. Would have Real quick, almost. Um, I know fives would come onto the bridge, but would Alel have remained in sickbay? No, she would have gone to um, as ordered. So you two walk onto the bridge at this point. Mm -hmm. Doctor. 
Good to see you. Thank you, Lieutenant. Uh, and I think that after assuming the command chair and displacing Dateg to the science station, uh, Lee would look towards Ensign Prin, cock his head, look back at Ensign Rowan. Uh, Commander Dateg, has there been some kind of change in the duty roster? Uh, a little cross-training, sir. Hmm, very good. Then, uh, Ensign Prin, please put us into a standard orbit above the object. Commander Dateg, prepare a full sensor scan of the uh, rogue planetoid. I'd like to have your permission, Captain, to launch a Class 5 probe. At your discretion, Commander. So what we see narratively is we see a shot of the uh, dark planetoid. Now, it's not obviously lit up as it is on the screen right now, but it's kind of the same vein where the Congo itself is sort of floating off in high orbit of the planet. And the only reason that the viewer is able to see the sphere itself is because the beta tachyons are kind of doing like these little lightning bolt things every once in a while. Harmless to the ship, but it's really the kind of the only illumination that you're getting from the planet right now. Uh, however, uh, if you would wish, wish to scan the planet, I am going to need a reason science assisted by the ship's sensor science, a difficulty of three after accounting for your advanced sensor suites. Uh, I will spend a momentum to roll an additional d20. All right. Now that's already four successes. Good start. Let's hope the ship doesn't... I didn't even get to say it. I... Fives, do we need to talk about your, your lack of... You, you know 20s are bad, right? Right. Right. Okay. All right. Well, you get a momentum back. And the complication is that immediately as you run the scan, your probe blows up immediately. Just it overloads and blows up from the sheer amount of electrical discharge and information discharge that it gets back. But the good news is that you are able to discern that there is a Class M atmosphere on this planet. Captain, the, the probe was overloaded by sensory data. How is that even possible? What would we be picking up? Transmissions of some kind? What were the last pieces of information that you were able to retrieve from the pub before it was destroyed? The final information as it attempted to achieve orbit was that this rogue planetoid has a class M atmosphere. Hmm. I wonder, sir, and GM, sorry, let me mm -hmm. ask you a question first. Sure. Um, since I role as a, as a science officer on the science station so i'd like to ask a a question mm -hmm. beta so normal tachyons uh exist at they can exist naturally at faster than light speeds correct can beta tachyons do the same i would say as a subspet that's not as how to put this they kind of break the rules is how I would put it. Right. So sometimes they follow the rules, but other times it's like the rules don't even exist. Right. So this is what I'm, this is what I'm thinking. And mm -hmm. I just want to, I want to put this to you first before I sort of phrase it in game. Mm -hmm. um, 
tachyons and the sort of tachyon eddies are what the ancient Bajorans used to achieve basically warp travel without warp drive um, centuries yeah, yeah. Um, this beta tachyon field is massive could we potentially be looking at a planet that's used as a superluminal vehicle it, you can't hear it but i'm actually clapping because that's sort of the big reveal you figured it out okay so yeah i think we'll just sort of posit this just pretend it's in his cranky cranky voice That's a remarkable feat of engineering if they've actually designed a world that would be capable of superluminal travel with a tachyon eddy. And likely a self-made one. But to what end? Any species capable of producing something of this magnitude would almost have no need of it. Well, the logs of the USS Enterprise D made reference to a race with phenomenal powers that all member of the crew to bring the ship to them so that they could both so both parties could learn from one another hmm. we could be dealing with a race if they still exist that wanted to explore the stars but didn't want to leave their home so they brought their home where they wanted to go a simple inversion of method that would be a rather ingenious method of exploring the galaxy, but it's a little bit too much of a supposition for me. Is there any way that we can condense down our sensor palettes, limit the amount of data that's being transmitted to them in order to affect a scan of the surface of the planet without risking damage to any of our computers? I believe that with Lieutenant Jaro's help, we can lower the sensor resolution on the probe so that it's not capable of receiving as much data. That way, there's far less chance of it overloading the buffer. Well, I can also uh, set up a, well, a reservoir of sorts to firewall that system from the rest of the uh, mechanics of the ship, of the probe. Hmm. Dr. Allel. I'd like you to take very careful look at the uh, sensor data as it comes in. If you can learn anything about the xenobiographical uh, uh, nature of the planet, biographical, biological nature of the life forms on this planet, I think it would be uh, of great help to us. Hi, sir. I will run an analysis for you. All right. Let's do Alel first here. Uh, Alel, okay. if you want to roll me a reason and medicine. The ship will assist you with a computers in medicine. Difficult. Eh, let's make this a difficulty of two. Okay. Um, I'm going to spend a momentum. Okay. And I have xenobiology. Is that not good enough? Would definitely work as a focus. Okay. You said reason medicine? Uh, computers Damn, medicine. Damn, nice. And that's, that's already four successes. So that's already two momentum. So if I don't know if if Dag rolls another complication, I mean, did somebody else win? <laughs> you got this. I think you should. Medicine. I think this is your redemption. Mm. Yeah, break the streak. Computers medicine, just to be sure. Yep, you got it. Two in a row. Ah, oh. uh, no, two in a row. Okay, you redeemed yourself. You're good. All right. So with five successes, getting you back three momentum, uh, Doctor Alel. I am actually going to give you access to a handout prematurely. 
because the rest of the crew isn't going to be able to see this, but you specifically looking at the data, you will see this. So there should be a handout entitled Rogue Planet Creatures, and that is what you are seeing. Okay, I see a picture. Yep, so just be the picture. And so that's what I'm seeing mm -hmm. on the sensors. Okay. Yep. Uh, she pauses mm -hmm. <laughs> for a prolonged, prolonged period of time, almost uncomfortably long. I surely this is, sir. Maybe you'd better have a look at this. And Lee will actually rise from his uh, command chair and walk over to the doctor's station. What is it, Alel? Uh, with the sensors calibrated in this way, it appears that there are perhaps some kind of energy life form in the atmosphere. And I think Lee will take a look at the uh, sensor readouts. Uh, can you put this on screen so the entire bridge crew can see it? Aye. She keys it in. And now everybody can see it, hopefully. Yep, show to players. Is is that button broken? It might be broken. All right, hold on. No, I think we all see it. Okay. Oh, I, I know what it is. It's uh, it's not showing up for the stream because I didn't push that button. There we go. So uh, the creatures you're seeing on screen are pretty much somewhere between biological and energy-based. Uh, they roughly resemble a Quetzalcoatl. Um, or a codal in general, but whether or not they're sentient or how they exist on this planet to begin with, you're not really sure. I mean, really the big takeaway though is that these things are maybe about the size of hummingbirds. So that's why you miss them on your initial scans. These are hummingbird-sized life signs. Um, Alel would like to run like an audio scan like see if there's any sounds emanating from the atmosphere so it's interesting that you did that because i honestly didn't think anybody would but i planned anyway so what you hear is akin to opera music but it's not any opera music you've ever heard it's sort of a combination between klingon human bajoran hell there's even a little bit of cardassian in there too Suffice to say, it is a uniquely alien experience that plays over the bridge's speakers. But it's not, a, it's, not like, um, it's not like white noise and it's not unpleasant. It's just different. Oh, so the, it's playing on the bridge? Yes. Okay. So she'll make sure it's audible enough for everyone to hear. Hmm. Is this an auditory representation of localized emissions from the creatures or they're actually communicating with one another this is visible on the sonic frequency sir i find it incredibly strange i'm i'm detecting something from i think that's it's remarkably similar to torat's third symphony there's there's almost an amalgamation of music from all of the races who are represented here, could they be responding to us in some way? Captain, if 
if Congo is somehow disturbing the area around them on an audio wavelength, we might be communicating something to them and they might be responding. Rowan turns from the communication station. Should I try to put it through the universal translator, sir? Please do so. And Jaro, if we are emanating something that is disrupting them, do you think we should take the ship to minimal power? Cut down on our emissions? <clears throat> I, I can I can definitely lower lower the different power usages as much as possible. Thank you. Uh, Commander Dottig. Keep shields up, sir. I'm not necessarily sure that's needed at the moment, Doctor, but I appreciate the the concern for the ship's safety. Dottig, switch to passive sensors. I wouldn't want to disrupt them with an active scan. Understood. That's going to drastically cut down on the data that we're able to collate, but... Prudent. I'm, I'm aware of that, Commander, but better err on the side of caution. So let's go to Ensign Jaro, not Ensign, sorry, Lieutenant Jaro for this one. So, Mr. Jaro, uh, you have an option here of two different style of tasks here. You can either do a control engineering at a difficulty of two, and what that would do is it would essentially reduce the Congo's current available power to two, as in you would have two power for anything involving engines, shields, firing weapons, etc., etc. Or what you can do is you can do an insight in engineering at a difficulty of three, and you can try to see how to reduce the noise you're putting out, if that makes any sense. Yeah, we're going to go with the noise reduction. Okay. So yeah, insight engineering difficulty of three. And we will... um... You do have four. Yeah, we're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and use a determination. Okay. Uh, with engineering is my new home. All right. And um, we're also going to spend uh, what is it? Two momentum for a third die at that point. You got it. All right. There we go. Survey says, and I do not believe I have. Well, yeah, uh, um, with a mix of all of the different uh, focuses I have, mm-hmm. I, I should know um, what's potentially causing the different noises uh, between warp field technology, transporter technology, and starship construction. You sort of have an omni-focus here, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'd agree with it. All right, that is four successes, meaning you get a momentum back. So Jaro, actually, the what it is, is there is a correlation between your shields and the deflector and the beta tachyon. So actually, what Ensign Prince said earlier about there being a problem, in a conventional sense, there's not a problem. The shields and the deflector are working just fine. But since there's so much beta tachyons in the area you are essentially walking up to someone with a boombox that is playing What is Love by Hathaway, and it's 3 a.m. and everybody hates you for it. Well, <clears throat> he coughs a little. 
it turns out that we probably should be lowering our shields and uh, taking away any sort of uh, power being directed to the deflector array at this time. I, I ordered the shields lowered before we entered the beta tachyon field. Right, but also the deflector array. Without the deflector, we expose the hull to microfractures and other mm -hmm. cosmic debris that we would normally hit. Can we, um, uh, Lieutenant Commander Dodic, we might be able to remodulate the shields to cancel out the the vibration. If we we would be able to supersede the deflector array in that sense. In that we'd case, we'd have to. We'd have to make an adjustment to the shield harmonics well into the terahertz range. Do you think the emitters can handle it? Well, there there used to be a way long, a long time ago that uh, they would actually send a charge through the hull itself, uh, basically shoring up the hull that way instead and this, of... Rowan interrupts you with a ex exclamation goes... <gasps> Are we talking about polarizing the hull? I've always wanted to polarize the hull. Can we polarize the hull, Captain? Captain, please let me push the button. I want to polarize the hull. As I understand it, Jaro, that was a function of the, what was it, ceramic that they were using and starship construction during the early Terran warp experiments. If you can find a way to emulate that function of their hulls using the Congo's Juritanium hull, be my guest. It's an ingenious uh, solution. Work. Gonna try. Um, uh, you know what? Ensign Rome, why don't you help me out? Yeah, love to. And she w almost launches cat like across the bridge in comical fashion to join the station next to you. But yeah, uh, this is technically an activation for Rowan, so you guys can decide as a group what you want to give uh, Ensign Rowan in terms of uh, new focus, new talent, a value, and um, yeah. You could also increase her attribute or discipline by one. I think we should boost her in a way that would be beneficial for this task. I think she should have a value a value called I want to push the button. You want to push the button? I I'd say that applies, yeah. <laughs> All right. Mm. So what that's going to be then is it's going to be a daring and an engineering and if Rowan takes the lead here, she could use uh, her new uh, new folk or her new value, and she's actually rolling pretty nice. If you uh, look at her sheet, she's actually rolling at a twelve, so that's that's actually pretty cool. Um, obviously, Jaro, you can assist with your oh, own daring yeah, engineer. Jaro, Jaro is um, encouraging her to take the lead. There you go. But uh, you can still assist with your own daring engineering. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just whoever wants to push the button for Ensign Rowan. And what was the difficulty again? Difficulty is going to be a three on this one. And Jaro right. gets one. All right, so that's already three successes, accounting for Rowan's uh, new value and determination. So all we just need to see is no complications, right? No complications, right? <laughs> right? I mean, you know, you know, you know, you can buy them off a threat, right? That a... <laughs> that's that's not how the force works. 
Aaron. <laughs> so who's oh uh, who's taking Rowan? Is that uh, Alel? I... Oh, Watney. Okay. You haven't done any rolling tonight, so I did. Okay, what am I rolling I think for, for sure Rowan? It's a, a Watney roll. Yeah, it's a daring engineering, and she does okay. have a focus. There you go. That is a total of four successes. Okay. So, um, yeah, I think Rowan almost surprises you, Jaro. Like, she must have been either a big hobbyist that did this just because it's a hobby, or she actually put thought ahead of time into how you would do this for the Congo, because this should have taken an hour easy. She does it in 10 minutes. Um, we have polarization, sir. Excellent uh, work, Lieutenant. Oh, yep. Yeah, you know, Rowan took the lead. Then my apologies. Excellent work, Ensign. Well, you're welcome. I, I just really wanted to push the button. I will make a note of that. Doctor, you uh, wanted to add something, I believe? Um... So she would have been monitoring the movement of the creatures to see if it changed at all. Mm -hmm. And if there's a pattern to it or if it is, if they're individualized or if they're not moving at all, she's just looking to observe. All right. Well, with somebody actually taking that initiative there, what you do notice is that the moment you switch over from shields and deflectors to polarization of the hull, the noise changes. It stops being an opera. It's still an amal amalgamation of multiple cultures. But the difference here is that now it's more of a... And I'm going to get my musical terms here mixed up. But I believe it's more of a sonnet. Something a little bit more somber. Something a little bit lower uh, tempo. Whereas with the opera, it's maybe more of a higher pitched. Or maybe more of a... Um, sort of a classical performance, if you will. This is more of just somebody singing... 80s uh, rock ballad. There you go. That's that's a good way to put it. Um, sir, the change in our system seems to have induced a... Well, you can hear it. She makes sure it's turned up. Hmm. I wonder... Commander Dottig, could you review our sensor data of the beta tachyons? Has there been any change in their orientation, the frequency of their production... Is there some kind of correlation, perhaps, between these creatures, their song, and the astrological phenomenon that we've been observing? Uh, so, yeah, GM, would you like me to roll for that, or give you, you a give momentum, me a momentum. For the question? At either one. Let's. We've got four. Let's spend the momentum, and I'll I'll ask that question. All right. Can I? So yeah. Just just want to do a comparison between. Um, as far as we know, prior to us entering the field, mm -hmm. when we entered the field without polarizing the mm -hmm. hull and using the deflector, and now that we've polarized. All right. So, and this is the big picture here. Up until this point, when you polarize the hull, the planet was actively emitting beta tachyons in a way that would allow it to light sail. With this change in tempo, the planet has come to a stop, and so have the beta tachyons. Um, sir, we're yes, definitely, uh, 
looking at a first contact situation here and well um pretty sure i can get us down there if we want that may be slightly premature i wouldn't want that to appear to be some kind of hostile or invasive action lieutenant is there any way that we can run this amalgamation of various different musics through the universal translator extrapolating I don't know, the mathematical nature of music, the tempo, the particular combinations, and comparing it against our cultural database. We can write an algorithm that would look at all those salient factors. Uh, I imagine it would take some time. We could ask Ida to do it. He does have remarkably impressive computational powers. Uh, if she'd be willing to help us, I'm sure that, uh, well, Dr. Dr. Dig, it would be up to you. I have no objection. And then Lee will lean back in his command chair and tap his comm badge. Uh, Etta, would you please report to the bridge? Turbo lift door opens and Ida immediately steps out. I had a sense I would be needed. Are you still monitoring our computer databanks and communications? Only in critical areas. I think we're going to have to have a brief conversation about that, Ida, but that's probably something that can wait until later. If you're aware of our situation, then you are probably also aware of the fact that um, we would like you to assist Commander Datig in attempting to establish communications with this race. Ah. Well, I can actually do this and almost in a Q-like fashion, but to be clear, she is not a Q, but she just kind of snaps her fingers like that was the case. And the song changes to something completely different to actual words. The difference here is it's not actually a single person talking. It's almost like if you are on the streets of a very busy city. So I don't think anyone's ever been in New York City proper, but I could be wrong. But it's one of those things where if you were to walk You're down wrong. the streets of New York City, um, you'd hear construction noises. You'd hear tens of thousands of different conversations, all of it overlapping and forming a cacophony. But as you start to hear all this and you maybe start to pick out bits and pieces, uh, Ida explains, from what I can tell, they call it the great song. They travel about the stars, adding other songs to the great song. It's... Something similar to the Changeling's Great Link, if you will. Hmm. Are you able to facilitate communication with them? In other words, we can understand them. Can they understand us? I think with a little bit of work with uh, Lieutenant Jaro's assistance, we can get that working, yes. Would it be possible to parse out any of the information that we're receiving from them? Uh, yeah. And then Ida stops and kind of does that head twitch. Oh. Um, you have a problem. Rather, we have a problem. Elaborate. She points at the view screen, and the view screen changes from a view of the planet and the creatures to a spot maybe about 3 AU away where you see unmistakably a Cardassian Dreadnought missile that is just, it's just kind of, you know, moving along at impulse, but 
That's a Cardassian Dreadnought missile if you've ever seen one. Fives. Could you give me a tactical assessment of that weapon? What era was it produced? Right away, sir. Mr. Fives, I'd like you to roll me an insight and a security, please. Difficulty of three, assisted by the ship's computers and security. Uh, shipboard tactical systems as a specialty. I'll give it to you. And I will spend a momentum for a third dice. All right, there's your three already. So whoever wants to do computer security from the ship, uh, just don't roll complication. Someone is getting the ship, right? There we go. Okay. So good news, bad news, Fies. Which do you want first? Uh, let's go with the bad news and roll forward. Bad news. The missile is in its final stages of deployment, and it has definitely targeted the planet. Wonderful. Can I um, can I determine if the? I'm assuming it's a dreadnought of some kind. Can I can I determine if its course changed when the planet stopped? Yes, and that is actually the good news: is that when the planet stopped. What you can extrapolate is the missile was just kind of flying out into space, not really targeting anything. But when the planet stopped and the missile detected it, it retargeted towards the planet. Mm. And based on these sensor readings, does it match any known configuration for the weapon type? It is a classical Cardassian missile that would have been used during the Cardassian War. It's the same sort of missile that Bolana Torres more or less dealt with on Voyager. And this missile is and this is just me out of game. That's a it's a weapon of mass destruction, right? Oh yeah. That thing could easily blow up the planet. Great. Tactical assessment, Mr. Fives, considering weapons advancements over the last forty years, despite the I guess the armament on one of those missiles, would we be able to stop it? Well, it's three AU away. Assuming it doesn't kick up its speed, we have uh, we have a little bit of time to figure it out. Um, these things run around in the era of quantum torpedoes, but I also can't be sure that any detonation wouldn't damage or disrupt uh, the life forms out there. Uh, we would need to be much further away. Hmm. Suggestions, opinions. Is this missile capable of going faster than impulse vibes? I believe uh, they're capable of warp nine, actually. Okay, that's yes. Three AU seems like a lot smaller of space now. Captain, yes, folks. I have I have a risky suggestion. Um, given the fact that there's all these beta tachyons around here, what if we were to position ourselves on the other side of the planet at a safe distance and then use those beta tachyons to reinforce the shields. And then act as a bulwark. It, us. it Jaro, was able do you believe that the modifications to the shields would actually permit us to survive an impact with that weapon? That's going to be really difficult to say. Uh, 
have to really calculate the yield of the the dreadnought, but um, I think it might. It's one of our better bets, sir. Uh, the other idea I have is uh, a, a little bit needs the many type situation. <laughs> I think that I could potentially, um, I could potentially take it out with Banshee, sir. Uh, with the with the cloak, um, I don't know if it's going to be able to defeat the cloak. And Lee is actually going to turn to his console and call up the records that the Federation has on the weapon, mm -hmm. review it, and mm -hmm. then say, hmm, it seems that one of these weapons was defeated by a, well, then Maki terrorist, Belana Torres. She was able to infiltrate the weapon and reprogram it. If we have the Banshee and its phase cloaking capabilities, you might be able to do the same thing as on our end, we try to affect Five's plan as a failsafe or backup. Yeah, yeah, we could we could definitely try that. Um, yeah. Let me see. He pulls up some schematics of the uh, of what they have for these vests of uh, these dreadnoughts. Mm -hmm. Is there is there an area within that the Banshee could materialize? So mm -hmm. the Banshee's not going to fit inside. Uh, the missile, for comparison, is, if I have the distances in my mind correctly, the missile is about the size of a Nova class, I think. It's either a Nova class or a little bit smaller, um, which in comparison to the Congo is a little bit smaller. They're a scale three. Um, so there is no space in this missile for like a shuttle bay or for a shuttle to fit in, but there is a supposedly walkable space that you could move about in an EV suit. Um, ooh, I have an idea, uh, but uh, again, this is one of those, hey, I've been kind of working on this on the side. Uh, I might be able to use the wormhole generator to transport myself into the dreadnought. Lieutenant Jaro, if you can use it to transport yourself in, would you be able to transport its power source out? It'd be, well, we'd have to get in um and then locate the power source uh to be able to get a definitive lock on it with the transport enhancer but yeah that's possible and then we could just pull its power source out completely and then we could have one of these to well i don't know how much we want to examine a weapon of this nature but i mean there is that possibility i'm spending two threat that you now have 2.5 au to make a decision Captain, the old schematics say this thing has a magnesium core. We might be able to use sensor readings from the Banshee to enhance our ability to disable it. I still think we should be between it and the ship, just in case we don't we run out of time. Agreed. Commander Dottig, uh, begin to make preparations to use the beta tachyons. Try to find some way to collect them, perhaps using the Bassard collectors, so that we can reinforce the shields if necessary 
and we decide that uh, we have to put in effect Five's plan. Yes, sir. I'll need uh, I'll need Five's help modifying the phasor arrays or one of the phasor arrays to emit antiprotons. Very good, Jaro. Yes, sir. What do you need in order to affect this functional heist of its power source? Um, prayer? Uh, but uh, all I really need is, well, I'm going to get an EV suit, uh, a couple of transport enhancers, and uh, uh, somebody skilled in transporter technology? Um, somebody really good? Because, I mean, I could do the transporter piece, but then somebody else would have to go in and set everything up. And, you know, this is my idea. So, you know, I think it's my risk to take, but. Ensign I mean, Rowan just a... very carefully raises a hand. I'll do it. If you'll forgive me, Ensign, I don't think that you are the most qualified individual to affect this part of the plan. Captain, I think your rating with materialization systems is the highest in it compared to Lieutenant Charo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I have no problem putting my faith in you, sir. That leaves only one member of the crew. Doctor? You would be in command then. I, sir. Cheer. I trust you to make the best decisions to preserve the lives of those on this ship and on the planet as the rest of us begin to affect our plans. Any questions, yes, concerns, comments? And then you're dismissed. And I think that both Jaro and Lee then would head towards the uh, shuttle bay. All right. And with that, that's where we're going to take our 10-minute break. So we'll be back shortly. Stick around. Welcome back, everybody. We are back from break a little bit early because we have a lot to accomplish here. So if you're just tuning in, the players have more or less encountered a uh, rogue planet in the middle of a beta tachyon field. And the players have discovered that not only is there a great song that is being produced by the creatures of the rogue planet that the entire planet is indeed a giant light sail style craft, which is all, you know, well and good. If it weren't for the fact that a rogue Cardassian missile from the Cardassian war is now targeting the planet. So uh, where we're going to cut to first is we are going to go to the Congo's transporter room where Captain Lee and Lieutenant Jaro are more or less doing the last minute preparations to attempt to beam Jaro into the Dreadnought. Well, Jaro, I've narrowed the annular confined beam and I've attempted to recycle the transporter buffer. So you should experience a slightly rougher but quicker transport. From what I understand, these vessels have artificial intelligences installed aboard them. So you can expect it to try to interfere with you. Oh yeah, I'm bringing uh, type three with me as well as the pattern enhancers. Uh, I don't expect this to be, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not expecting this to be a, a, a Ryza type situation. Hmm. 
and GM, if possible, mm -hmm. would Lee have been able to replicate or secure from sickbay a um, subcutaneous transponder? So uh, basically a tr transport enhancer that can be injected underneath the skin? What I would say is that based on the fact you're taking pattern enhancers, a type three, and this new item, if you give me all of your momentum, yes. Well, to get the type three phaser and the transporter enhancers, technically we do have to pay, I think, two momentum. So we're getting that pretty much for free. Mm -hmm. I assume we're all okay with that. Oh uh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, then after he's finished working on the console, Lee will take out a uh, hypo spray, mm -hmm. walk up to uh, the transporter pad. I'm going to inject you with a, a subcutaneous transponder that should make maintaining a pattern lock on you a little bit easier. Okay. <clears throat> All right. And Lee will reach up to his uh, the side of his neck and inject him. Remember that even if you're alone over there, Jaro, we're still with you. Yeah. pulled off a lot of cockamamie schemes in your day. You'll make it through this one just fine, too. Well, thanks. Thank, thank you for the um, confidence. Yeah, that's, that's the word I was going for. It was also partially an insult, Lieutenant, but if you oh. want to take it purely as a, a compliment and encouragement, be my guest. Well, uh, okay let's 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 go i guess there's no time like the present leave we return to the console without saying anything else oh and... hey if uh if i don't come back pur purge my browser history i don't know what that means lieutenant uh, it's just an old earth saying you are coming back though don't worry right, and well... with that lee is just going to activate the transporter all right, so now is where you probably wanted to keep some momentum because, let me break it down. The transporter task to get from point A to point B from this transporter pad to the Cardassian missile, after all factors have been accounted for, it is a difficulty of six. It is reduced to a difficulty of five thanks to your advanced sensor suites. But at the end of the day, it's going to be extremely difficult. So this is a control and an engineering. The ship assists with a sensors engineering. I need to see five successes to get Jaro onto this missile. And what I'm also going to tell you is you get one shot at this because as you've alluded to, the missile has an AI of its own, meaning that if you fail to beam in on this first try, you're not getting a second shot at it. So no pressure. Okay, I have no talents that would be of assistance to us here. Mm. Um, any suggestions from the other players as to how we can metagame this? Because all I've got is determination and threat. Um, use determination. <laughs> oh, and threat. That's a great idea. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, I'm unfamiliar with Lee's uh, focuses or talents. Uh, well, he has a focus in materialization systems, so... Ryan knew that part. So he does have a focus, so that helps. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, I mean, what else is there, really? 
technically a Lala's captain right now. So can she do like a rally or something? I mean, a rally is something, but I'm going to need a Lala to give an actual good speech on the bridge. Ooh. In addition to that, can we yes. not make use of our micro wormhole generator? Oh, no, no. This is accounting with the micro wormhole generator. Oh, okay. Shush, speech. Sorry. Um, rather than give the speech, I think she would open the speakers up and sing a song from Denobula. Okay. Uh, which, to which... add a song into the but, great uh, song. What uh, what what uh, what are you what are you singing? Give us uh, give us it's a little a lullaby. sample. A lullaby. A okay. lullaby. Okay. Ya krima kam arumrita uchi bangalu. Marit Sutval, 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 Marit Sutval. Very nice. You may roll me. <laughs> and as the transporter's going <laughs> off, Charles looks at the captain and goes, She just sang me a lull lullaby, that's not good. <laughs> All right, so Alel, you can do a rally. And if I recall correctly, that is a control and a command. Difficulty of zero, meaning any oh, successes Jesus. you roll. Yeah, that's the downside. Okay. No, you you got this, Captain. Um Emergency Medicine. No, lullabies. Medicine? No. No. Okay. Um Ooh. Um Escape and Avoidance because no. Jero wants to avoid no. being no, he wants to avoid being stuck on the no. on the Okay, hey, there you go. There's two momentum. There okay. you go. I'm not sure how to frame this mechanically, but uh, <laughs> uh, or Helping. I guess I, mechanically I understand it, uh, but I guess narratively, is there a way that we could create an advantage to lower the difficulty of this to a four by spending those two momentum? Perhaps let's say Lee is going to create an advantage spending those two momentum by mm. cross-referencing the data that he has regarding the way in which uh, Bolana Torres circumvented the security systems on board the original missile, uh, mm. both in her transport in and out of it, mm -hmm. uh, the first time when she was Maquis and with Starship Voyager. So drawing upon the experience of her records of the security systems on board these vessels. I'll allow it, but the complication range would go up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll spend those two momentum to lower it to difficulty four. Okay. Spend my determination. Um, a captain is a father to his crew because he has just been, he's motivated in this moment because of the, the way in which he attempted to inspire Jaro and assure him that almost like as a father figure standing as the captain, uh, mm -hmm. he will do his best to keep him safe. Mm -hmm. And I'll spend two, I'll give you two threat to roll three dice. Okay. Complication range on this is 17 to 20, just so you know. And if someone could get the ship, it is sensors engineering for the ship. All right, that's already five successes, but let me check that zero because that might be a complication. It, it is. is a complication. So then let's see what the ship gets you to see if there's another determination or a, uh, another complication. All right, so that is a total of six successes, uh, which means you get two momentum back. So, Jaro, you are going to dematerialize and rematerialize within the interior 
of the Dreadnought. And it's actually a fairly cramped affair in here. Um, you basically have two big uh, computer terminals in this small little room that then has access via Jeffrey's tubes to other parts of the missile. But when you beam in, what happens is immediately an alarm begins to sound and the atmosphere begins to vent. And this is where the complication is going to come into play here. Your EV suit is not on you. As in, the EV suit did not materialize with you. Yep. Um, yep. That's that's a deep breath and uh, looking for what I need. All right. So the way this is going to work mechanically, Jaro, is basically you are going to give me uh, a fitness and whatever you're attempting to do in terms of a role. So, for example... If you're looking for something that you can interface with from an engineering perspective, you would be giving me a fitness engineering at a difficulty of one. And that's just to find or get to whatever you're attempting to do. You still are going to have to roll to perform the action. But if at any point you fail this fitness and whatever, you are going to start taking stress damage. Okay. Um, so the very first thing I'm going to be, uh, looking for is going to be, um, well, we're going to have to look for an engineering console. All right. And Hey, you just got a uh, momentum from chat. There you go. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Threat. <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's go with the fitness engineering to start with difficulty of one on this. Uh, Starship Construction? I'll give it to you. I know technically it should probably be Insight, because, of, but I, I think Fitness kind of plays into the whole ramping up of, of asphyxiation, so that's what we I liked with. it. <laughs> no, right. there's the one! You Yay! do indeed find an engineering console. Now, it is Cardassian style, so I hope you have been... Uh, trained on such a device um you know uh this is where i'm going to be uh calmed into uh the uh big-headed um cardassian on ship hmm. so uh what was his name again friend 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 uh gonna need some help here um, I'm looking for, and he just explains the types of things he's looking for. Where's the best way to find that on a Cardassian vessel? And uh, well, he basically see, he basically said it like. Well, you see, Cardassian vessels are organized in an eminently reasonable Quicker. fashion. As a, okay, you want to take a left, and then probably two more rights. I'm looking at the schematics here. You will find the engineering console. It's laid out in. No, uh, at the console. Oh, no. You have to speak up. You enunciate. Enunciate. Uh, Jaro's going to start uh, looking, looking through, and he is going to attempt to stream an image. Hey. And the, he, when he's streaming the image, he is streaming the image from, like, up and behind him, so mm -hmm. that they can see he don't have he don't have no EV suit. 
<laughs> right, and that's sort of the the catch twenty two here is in order to do the visual display, you need the EV suit to display or to capture in the first place. Um, I'm just trying to think how we how we do this in a roll. You can either give me two momentum to create the advantage that you have some form of a device that could be used in lieu of the uh, transmitter in an EV suit. Or you can attempt a daring engineering at a difficulty of two to cobble together something from spare parts lying around the missile. Um, daring engineering. And I'm going to also uh, utilize pieces uh, from my phaser. Okay, noted. Actually, so, don't you have jury rigging as a talent? Yes, I do. Uh, in that case, can't <laughs> you just like blow up your phaser and there you go? There you go. So uh, he creates it and uh, puts it together. Mm -hmm. And uh, basically what it will end up showing is, uh, think of it, it looks kind of like matrix vision. Mm -hmm. It's got like the, like the rough outlines of everything. It almost looks like a, like an echo uh, cast of the inside of the ship. There you go. Uh, why why did you take off your environmental suit? He flips off the camera <laughs> and looks at the camera and basically says, uh, mouths, where is this juncture that I need? Ah, it's in the panel right behind you. Just remove that, crawl through the tube for about three meters. You'll find it right there. Jaro gives a thumbs up and uh, crawls in. All right. The act of crawling in is now a fitness engineering difficulty of two. Hey, look at that. I'm even going to give you a momentum so I can roll another die. All right. And no, I do not have a focus that even comes close to this. Could have joined Jana on those excursions. Oh, there you the go. There you go. There's I did, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so you get into the Jeffrey's tubes, and it is hot. It is humid. There's barely any O2 left in the atmosphere at this point, but you're so soldiering on all the same. I can relate. Seattle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Literally Seattle right now. But yeah, now that you're in the Jeffrey's tube, uh, what are you looking to do particularly here? Uh, he is looking for a way to um, lock on to, e uh, to either lock onto the power system so that it can be beamed out mm -hmm. or uh, to disable the vessel completely. Well, you're not going to get the second, but I'll give the first to you free, but it's going to come with a complication. Mm -hmm. So the complication is, yeah, you see that you see where the power source for this missile is. The problem is it's shielded, and you're kind of in a beta tachyon atmosphere, so that shield is kind of buffed up, if you get my meaning, and you just kind of cannibalized your only phaser, so... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he is going to attempt to overload 
the shield system. Okay, basically with the extra power. with the extra power from the tachyons. Okay, is is Lee in communication with him? Actually, I would say you are. Yes. Actually, John, you actually took the words right out of my mouth with the the last part of that sentence. So Lee will not say anything. Okay. All right, Charo. Very important role here. This is going to be a daring engineering. It's going to be a base difficulty of three, but I'm going to be an asshole and spend some threat to make it a difficulty of five. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, we are going with uh, challenging a value. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are getting rid of shut up, I'm saving you, mm-hmm. or shut up, I'm rescuing you, to self-preservation is nature's first law. Okay. And I will give you my two momentum as well. Okay. For that. So your two successes, rolling three die. Daring. Engineering. Three dies. No complications, hopefully. Chapinga. Hey, look at that. Three successes, which is what you need. So what I'm going to say is you are able to lower the shields around the core of the missile. However, at this point, the missile is going to create the complication that as those shields go down, the main shields for the missile come up. So Lee, you lose communication, you lose visual, Jaro... The only signal getting back to the Congo at this point is that subdermal transponder. And as you try to figure out what to do there, we're actually going to now cut to Fives and Dottig. We we don't have live signs or anything? I mean, you can tell he's still there, but you can't actually get a signal through to him. The only thing you're getting is what the the transmitter subdermally is transmitting. Okay. So no Um, comprehensive vitals? I would say you probably have comprehensive. Yeah, I would say since you spent the momentum for it, I'd give that to you. Yeah. So we'd be Uh, able to see like CO2 build up in his bloodstream and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's going to be a moment where Alel's going to have to make a call as captain. But before we get to that, we're going to go to one of the labs in Congo's mission pod where currently Dottig and uh, Fives, you all are working on getting the shield array and the shield emitters uh, working in such a way that you can bolster to be, well, hit by a missile. Okay. Um, I, I think I've, I've reconfigured the, the flux capacitors to be able to handle the load. Now what we need to do is make sure we configure the anti-proton beams to be absolutely correct. Well, the anti-proton beams are going to be emitted from phaser strips. I have every confidence in your ability. I'm concerned, though, the shield generator currently is operating at 120% of standard, which is... 5% 5% outside of recommended safety range. We well, based on based on this procedure, we could get up to 1200% of standard. Which should be able to allow the ship to buffer the blow if uh if Jaro isn't able to shut it down. 
All right, well, let's... If you'd like to start on the phaser strips, I'm going to modify the bizarre collectors too. Yes, sir. Computer, reroute phaser control to the main display here in engineering. So I'm going to offer you a devil's deal. The first option is you all can perform a daring and engineering or a daring and a security at a difficulty of five. You may assist one another. And if you succeed, you basically are able to boost the shields far, far above their normal capacity. The devil deal is that you only roll a difficulty of three, but you sacrifice the talent of independent phaser supplies that currently is part of the Congo. And what that would mean is you would essentially be firing phasers at two power until you go back to DSO and get it fixed. All right, Commander, I I really think I ought to relay the, the details of what this means for the phaser array to the captain. Proceed. Or, or, or at least keep Dr. Allel in the loop. Uh, fives to bridge. Doc, are you there? Go ahead. I, I think we've got a pretty good solution here. The only thing is, is we should probably hope we don't get in any entanglements before we get back to DSO because there's a very low chance I'm going to knock out the entire phaser away and a very high chance that um, we're, we're going to be throwing fakes out of the phasers um, if, if we don't blow out the whole array. Uh, GM or mm -hmm. Captain Lee? Where is Captain Lee right now? Transporter room. Okay, she'll kind of like Daisy Chain her calm to Captain Lee because <laughs> mm -hmm. he's not like out of commission or anything. I'm actually uh, going to spend two threat to create the complication that Lee has turned off his combat so that he can focus on making sure Jaro makes it out. So this is purely an Alel call. He's literally reading a philosophy book at the transporter pad. <laughs> so the options are, if she's talking back to, um, damn it, why isn't this thing working? Uh, What's the other option? I don't think we have an option, Captain. Um, if uh, if Fives isn't able, or Fives, I'm Fives. If Jaro isn't able to disable the Dreadnought, uh, we're going to need to do this. I, this was more informative than, than requesting. If we have no choice. Aye. Uh, proceeding with the phaser sequence on your command. Do it. You push the button. All right. Daring and engineering or daring and security. Difficulty of three. Don't roll a complication. All you have to do. I mean, you... You say that as though we have any kind of control. Yeah. The random number generator doesn't care about your big face in the window. <laughs> I would also spend termination, probably. Um, yeah, I am going to spend my my determination. Um, this 
is going to be born out of such a noble creature in that we just discovered this brand new life form with their melodic speech and mm. they are absolutely worth protecting in this fashion i'll give it to you and uh with no momentum uh can i give you a threat for an extra dice uh two threat two. it would be i will give you two threat for an extra dice wonderful and then I will use my focus of energy weapons. Yep. And away we go. Um, ah! are... Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. That that tracks. Take the threat. Take the threat. Uh, can I give you more threat to reroll those twos? Nope. Oh. No, 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 no. That's not a, that's not an appropriate answer. So you can suggest a complication though. Oh no, I, I know what I want to have the complication be. <laughs> Nothing oh, I suggest will be better than what, what ELH creates, machinates, whatever. <clears throat> so good news. You now have a really powerful shield array. The bad news is not only are you going to not have independent phaser supply, you no longer have phasers, period. I knew that it was a tiny, tiny chance. All right. It's up and running, but um, it's I'm... it's going to overwhelm the phaser capacitors. Once we turn this off, we're done with phasers. You mean like for a while or like until space dock? That is the while I mean. All right. Besides collectors already. Do it. And Datig, uh, to get some momentum, hopefully, uh, go ahead and roll me a control and a science difficulty of one. Cool. I thought that um, Datig was assisting with that previous roll, by the way. Uh, oh, I believe that yeah. as well. I can certainly... Well, let's let's put it this way. You can either assist and potentially get more momentum that way, or you can just do the second task I'll do, and get momentum yeah, that I'll, way. I'll do, I'll do the secondary task. Um, so, um, Jim, I'm going to sell you on something. Mm -hmm. um, I've already uh, completed scans and science tasks related to the beta tachyons. That's um, correct. So I would like to uh, use my talent theory into practice ah. to reduce that difficulty to a difficulty of zero yeah yeah i can see that working and you also look at you using your talents yeah correct i'm gonna so um so i'm sorry you said that is that you said that was daring science or control control science? control science okay. control science no 20s. Okay, there you go. The opposite of 20s. You get ones. Wow. There you go. Uh, GM, what was the difficulty of the task that I rolled for? Uh, difficulty of your task was a three, so you just barely succeeded. So do I get to roll a challenge die for momentum based on untapped potential? Because you I do, actually, yes. So... Oh, that means I get threat. Thank you. Curses. But no, I mean, with five successes, Dottig, you very easily affect the changes and 
if we were able to see an exterior shot of the ship, the Bassard collectors would begin scooping up beta tachyons uh, in sort of an electrically charged uh, fashion, and the nacelles start to glow a little bit brighter, almost red in hue. Wow, how did you do that? Um, I'm good at my job. <laughs> Note taken. Alel's going to tap her badge. Report. Engineering. Basad collectors are ready, Captain. And the phasers? Jaro is going to be so pissed at me. God phasers are operating, but as soon as we turn this off, the capacitors are going to blow. You told me we would have not, like, minimum... Sh- when when I said there was a tiny chance of the phasers blowing out, that tiny chance happened. Meanwhile, back on the missile. Get, can we get... Anyway, she's going to argue with them. Go ahead. Jaro is going to try to, quote-unquote, jury rig the uh, core hmm. into a bomb. I mean... It- it's a missile. It, it already is a bomb. <laughs> he wants to <laughs> blow it up from within. I, I'm a little confused. I mean, I, Are you... I mean they, they do that already. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they they, they already explode. No, Just he wants he wants payload. to take he wants to take the power supply and basically explode it where it lies. You want to unbomb? Yeah, I want to explode. I I I want to explode the explodey thing before it explodes in the thing we don't want it oh, to explode in. You want it to explode because you want to, not because it wants to. Correct. Correct. Okay. I, I do not want the bomb to fulfill its chosen destiny. Uh-huh. Instead, I wish to give it a new destiny of exploding sooner. Okay, you are aware, though, that you would be caught in the explosion if there's any complications, yes? Uh, he's, you know, he's definitely hoping that... Uh, you know, people are monitoring him and making sure things are working. But, you know, this is something he's kind of decided that he has to that he has okay. to do. I I just want to be sure before we engage in anything that could kill a character for nothing that we can be doing. Oh, you know, this do disclaimer! I don't like the just this disclaimer, please. Yeah, and Alel is. I'm just gonna. Me. I'm just gonna point out we have five momentum. Jordan, that is so the thing here. Live so. Mm-hmm. I think this advantage. is a very you can, you can burn two to create an advantage and what then burn three for the roll. Are there first of all, <laughs> any other options? Are there any other options? What do we do, Captain? She's on an island on the bridge. She can't talk to him. That's true. Yeah, I don't believe anyone could talk to him. Right? Yeah, nobody can talk to Jarl. Right? Well, there is one person, but I prefer not to use that option unless like five complications get rolled. Um. <laughs> All right, so here's what it is, Jaro. If you want to pull this off, it's a daring engineering. It's a difficulty of five. The complication range is maxed. If you roll one complication, if you roll one complication, you still have the chance of getting out. If you roll two complications, you pretty much have to be either so close that Lee pulling you out is a difficulty of five or you're going to come out with a major injury, if at all. Three or more complications, only active Q saves you. Okay. Uh, yeah, so one thing that uh, one thing that Jaro is going to do before, you know, as 
right before he does the final thing to make it do what he wants it to do, mm-hmm. he is going to. Um, he's going to send a shock through his system. Okay. So that it basically triggers that he's in trouble and needs to be beamed out right away. Okay. What I would say is that if you spend two momentum to create that advantage, the pulling you out task will be only a difficulty of four. All right. Fine. (laughs) Okay. Let's see. Okay. Oh, and I am jury rigging, so that's two less. Oh no, I was including the difficulty when I was yeah, you're Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. No, it's not. Uh daring engineering. Mm -hmm. Basically, if it's not a success, it's a complication. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whoo! Okay. Um Let's see. Do I want more dice or create an advantage to lower the difficulty? Create an advantage to lower the difficulty. Okay. Uh, so we're going to use two of the. Uh, we're going to use two of the. Momentum. Uh, of the mm-hmm. momentums. Yeah, that's a thing. To create an advantage that there is a, uh, a minor design flaw that he can exploit. Oh, uh, yeah. With your knowledge of starship construction, I think that works. Okay. And then he is going to give you two threat (laughs) and the momentum to roll four dice. All right. And to see four successes here. And we've got Daring engineering, da, 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 da. four dice. Hey, look, I have a focus. Uh... Oh, look go. at that. No complications whatsoever. That is a grand total of five successes. We got so momentum. <laughs> you do get the one momentum. So that's the good news, Jaro. The bomb starts exploding. Now it falls on Captain Lee to make a very important beam out. So it's a difficulty of four, since you did spend the crate, the advantage. It is going to be a control engineering. It will be assisted by the ship's sensors engineering. If you want Jaro to come out on this first beam out, you have to get me four successes. Now you're still going to have a chance to beam him out later down the road. But let's just say the next time he's going to have to pass a fitness and engineering of three to stay conscious. So basically, the longer you continue to fail, the worse it gets. No pressure, of course. If if I choose that the shock I sent to my system was actually to cause an injury, Mm -hmm. would that would that lower the difficulty? I think the only thing it would do is it would make it easier for me to permanently injure you. So I'd recommend maybe not okay. not doing that. Okay. Can we go ahead? Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, since the dreadnought is getting closer and closer to the ship, can mm-hmm. we say that the sensor resolution is greater and the beam out is 
maybe slightly easier. Give me a momentum and a threat. We'll lower it to a three. I would like to consult with my shipmates. You know where I'm voting. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like this is the that. last roll in the game. So, uh, sure, have a momentum and a threat. And then, you know, mm-hmm. Matthew can just do a threat dump to get some extra dice on this roll, too. So, <laughs> Oh, you, you it's threat. cute you think this is the last roll, but go ahead. Give me more threat. Threat goes away at the end of the, the game, right? Oh, it does. Yeah. It does reset. Uh, no, no, what it is is that threat just doesn't exist. It's, it's, you don't even think about it. He's got, no, he's, he's, he's got, he's got as much threat as he wants to have any particular time. I like time, that he sounds like bit. Prin when he says that too. Is there mm-hmm. such a threat? I'm going to ask him. Your threat can't hurt me. What I'm going to try to sell you on here, ALH, is <laughs> that uh, Lee is going to examine the sensor data that is coming across from the Dreadnought and see the core destabilizing. Mm-hmm. And he's then going to look down at the panel, examining the sensor scans of the planet recognizing mm-hmm. that this entire situation has been brought about because in their attempt to establish communication with these people, they caused the planet to stall out in this location. And if they had waited, if they had uh, been a little bit more prudent and scanned the area, they would have uh, been able to avoid this entire situation. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to challenge my value. The prophets created this universe to explore regardless of the cost. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to replace that with, I think, something like sometimes the cost is too high. Like as he it. thinks about the loss of the potential loss of Jaro. I like it. And then I'm going to spend that determination to get two free successes. Mm-hmm. And I will roll control and engineering. Yay! All right. That is two successes, which means you're up to four. Ship has to roll me a sensors engineering. Don't roll a complication. Uh, oh, four successes. I see. Yeah. So we get one I can momentum. do that. Sensors right. engineering. All right. Not a complication. So Jaro, extremely out of breath, almost on the edge of consciousness, you rematerialize in the transporter room. Ah, it's going to (laughs) blow. And Lee will tap his comm badge. Uh, Lead a bridge. Put some distance between us and the missile. It's going to go up. Aye, sir. All right. So now comes comes your choice. Mm -hmm. You either can shield the planet, or you can take a risk that the explosion won't reach the planet. Alel has to make that choice. Somebody has to. So, okay. <laughs> what are the cho- what's the choice again? Choice is you stay where you are, you shield the planet with your boosted shields, or you take the risk that the planet will be fine with the missile exploding where it is currently. The positive to that is that you wouldn't burn out your phasers doing it that way. Oh, uh shield the planet. Shield the planet. All right. Lose the phasers, right? That's the trade-off. That's the trade-off. Yep. I I completely agree. Yeah. And I the concur. nice thing, the nice thing is, it's going to be less difficult to shield from the explosion than it would be from the actual missile. So, indeed. Ives has a PA throughout the ship, 
uh, tracking the impact time. All right. Team so this is five. where all that lovely threat you gave me, I now get to use. The base of the missile is 16 challenge dice. It's a lot. You're at a distance. That comes down to 10 challenge dice. I have a lot of threat. I'm going to make it 16 again. So this is Vicious 1 and Piercing 2. Oh, well. So just, just so you know. We do have the jacked up shields, so. You do have the jacked up shields. All right, what so that the? is that that is a lot. Hold on. That is 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, piercing of 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14. Wow. That would blow up a... I'm pretty sure that would put a big dent in a uh, in a Borg cube. Hmm. Note to self, don't throw missiles at Borg cubes. So here's what's going to happen from a narrative standpoint. And this is actually going to put us on a very good ending. The Congo is situated between the planet and the missile. And the missile begins to explode at a distance, but still such that when it explodes in an antimatter cascading fashion, the shockwave washes over the Congo and the Congo positioned and boosted such as it is deflects most of the explosion so that it does not hit the planet. However, all across the ships, bulkheads blow out consoles explode. The ship rocks violently injuries are coming in from every single deck. And what happens is main power dies and the final shot is the Congo plummeting towards the planet. And that's where we're going to end today's session because I'm an asshole. So yeah, what'd you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> we can we can we can make it. It's fine. Oh, I mean, now that we have Jaro on board, <laughs> Probably should have tried to just redirect the missile using the tachyon entities rather than approaching it directly, you know? Eh. Well, you know, live Oh, hey, it's Grace for Impact, like, super cool. Mm. Pretend she said that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have cool cinematically. I heard it. So, mechanically, you guys are basically going to take five breaches here. And let me roll those before I forget. So a breach to structure, structure a breach to engines, engines another breach to structure, a third, third breach, to structure. breach to structure. So that means I have to roll three challenge dice. And if I roll an effect, some main character is injured. All right. No main characters are injured. But do note that you have three structure damage on the Congo right now. Which is a big deal. Because if you get chunked another one or two structure, uh, you don't have a ship anymore. You have Swiss cheese. Maybe these creatures will help us or something. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, they'll attack us. You know. We should have strapped Prin to the front of the ship. He would have survived. <laughs> there you go. Power through the missile through sheer effing hubris. Oh, this is not going to help Alal's current mental situation. Oh, not at all. Not at all. No. 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 No, 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 no. No, no, no. See, and I'm over here blaming five stupid complication. Look, she's in the chair. You know, when it I all mean, rolls up to the top. 
it all rolls up to the top. I think then that would make it Lee's fault for putting you in you're, command. I was going to say, yeah. You're That's in the transporter room. Yeah, even better. Even better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, YouTube, this is where we say goodbye. But Twitch, oh, let's find somebody to raid.